It's one of the biggest drug trafficking corridors in the world. So we have major production of opium and heroin inside Shan State, but also methamphetamine synthetic drugs, which are spilling out across the region. The trafficking of drugs and other illicit goods across Southeast Asia is not a new phenomenon, but a huge increase in the production of illegal and highly addictive synthetic drugs has put the international spotlight back on this region. Now law enforcement agencies are getting together with the support of the United Nations to share information and conduct joint operations to tackle transnational trafficking. I'm Daniel Dickinson and welcome to this special edition of our flagship podcast The Lid Is On from Northern Thailand. A Navy launch travels at high speed, darting across the muddy brown waters of the Mekong River, close to the border town of Chiang Sen in the north of Thailand. A masked officer is perched at the stern of the boat, carrying a semi-automatic weapon. A larger fixed artillery gun is pointing skywards and remains covered. This is the Mekong Riverine unit of the Royal Thai Navy on patrol in the Golden Triangle region, where the borders of Thailand, Laos and Myanmar converge. To my right is Laos. Cranes tower over huge construction projects funded by foreign investment, which continue to rise floor by floor out of the lush undergrowth along the riverbank. Ahead to the left are the sparsely populated, remote and verdant jungles of Shan State in Myanmar, dominated by armed groups and militias and a military government trying to assert control in the central plains. To say the situation is complex here is something of an understatement. Over the past half century or so, the storied Golden Triangle was perhaps best known as a global hotspot for poppy production. The juice or latex of the poppy plant can be processed into a reddish-brown substance to produce opium, a highly addictive drug. And it can be further chemically processed to create heroin. For decades, heroin has driven the illicit trade in drugs in this region. But in recent years, the trafficking of even deadlier and more profitable synthetic drugs has taken over. These drugs are mainly being produced in clandestine laboratories in Myanmar's Shan State. In this region of Southeast Asia, Thailand, Laos and Myanmar, and specifically the Golden Triangle, are once again on the front lines of the synthetic drug trade. The common adversaries are the powerful organised crime syndicates which run the trade. It's the responsibility of the crew of this Thai Navy boat and other law enforcement agencies to attempt to slow down or stop the flow of illicit drugs. The crew is buoyant following the recent seizure of almost 6.5 million pills of the banned and highly addictive synthetic drug methamphetamine, known locally as Yaba. Captain Fakon Maniam is the head of operations and intelligence section of the Thai Navy's Mekong Riverine Unit. I'm surprised because it is difficult to apprehend offenders in the middle of the river. 
Normally, this amount of drugs is seized on land. It is a difficult operation arresting people on the river. I'm especially proud of our crew, who are living far away from their families, but who are so dedicated to protecting our country and our people. The Thai Navy has recently conducted joint patrols along the Mekong River with counterparts from Laos as part of a logistical and information-sharing collaboration. It's hoped working together will further help shut down gang operations. Here's Captain Fakon Maniam again. Collaboration with Laos is still limited as they only started river patrols two years ago. However, we do have a really effective collaboration between four countries, China, Vietnam, Laos, and of course, Thailand. The four countries have a joint river patrol every month from China down to the Mekong region. A few miles downstream on the banks of the Mekong River, a truck packed high with household goods and food struggles up a short hill. I can see dozens of bags of popcorn and potato chips. This is the small town of Huwaizai on the Lao side of the Mekong, and the cargo has just arrived by boat on the short trip across the river from Thailand. An immigration post situated at the top of the hill overlooks the river and beyond the far bank, the abundantly green Thai countryside. Here, the border authorities are celebrating their own significant seizure of drugs. Just the previous night, following a tip-off, a military land patrol caught drug mules carrying 500 kilograms of the highly dangerous drug crystal meth, also known as ice by the locals here. The previous month, over 7 million methamphetamine pills had also been seized in the same area. I am extremely pleased that the law enforcement authorities are able to take successful action against illegal trafficking by seizing drugs and arresting the suspects. I'm happy that our team here is considered an important element of that effort. Officer C is an immigration officer based in Huwaizai. He doesn't want to be named for security reasons. He says the authorities in this border post have been cooperating closely with their counterparts across the border in Thailand. During the COVID pandemic, the border along the river here was closed. So, officers would meet at the Friendship Bridge, a few miles away, which spans the Mekong and which acts as a road frontier between Thailand and Laos. Now, online and face-to-face -face meetings are taking place every two to three months. The immigration police plays a role in international collaboration. For example, we have close cooperation with the Chiang Khan immigration and police offices on the Thai side. This helps to counter narcotics trafficking and other type of transnational organized crime, as well as preventing illegal migration. The production of opium is not new to this region. A multimedia exhibition at the Hall of Opium Tourist Attraction in Chengzhen recounts the history of the drug across the region. 
It includes the opium wars of the 19th century and the intensification of production in the north of Thailand in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, a period some called the Golden Triangle era. Even more, the Golden Triangle suggests opium fields and heroin factories, drug caravans. Today, in the north of Thailand, farmers are no longer growing poppy to produce opium but are cultivating coffee to satisfy the flourishing coffee culture that is especially popular amongst young Thais. The drugs seized by law enforcement officers in Laos and Thailand had been processed, packed and shipped from illegal industrial-scale laboratories operated by militias and criminal gangs in the remote mountainous jungles of northern Shan State in Myanmar. It's thought some of the laboratories are operating within 50 miles of the Thai-Myanmar border. The drugs were being transited through both countries, probably to the Thai capital, Bangkok, but also across Southeast Asia and to distant lucrative markets, including Japan, South Korea, New Zealand and Australia, and everywhere in between. Jeremy Douglas works for the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, or UNODC. The UN agency's mandate is to tackle the trafficking and abuse of illicit drugs, amongst other global drug and crime-related issues. Jeremy Douglas is UNODC's regional representative for Southeast Asia and the Pacific. So right now we're standing in Thailand, in the Golden Triangle, with Laos and Myanmar directly behind me on the banks of the Mekong. It's one of the biggest drug trafficking corridors in the world. So we have major production of opium and heroin inside Shan State, but also methamphetamine synthetic drugs, which are spilling out across the region and feeding the whole of Asia Pacific, basically from Japan all the way down to New Zealand and everywhere in between. That's where the drugs come from. What role does the terrain play in facilitating illegal activities? It plays an incredible role, uh, the geography really. Uh, so there's complex governance inside Myanmar, so there's a lot of different fragmented groups that have different territorial control. At the same time, they're very remote places, very porous open borders. So what we're looking at is places that it's really easy to get things in and out of. So that, may, that poses challenges for the neighbors of that country. How is the drugs trade evolving in this region? Well, what we've seen over the past decade and really pronounced over the last three to four years is a drop-off of traditional plant-based drugs, so opium. Now, we've seen a slight resurgence since the military takeover in the country with farmers that have lost other employment going back to it. But nonetheless, we see a downward trend overall in terms of plant-based drugs and opium. We see a huge surge in synthetic drugs, which are really more of an organized crime issue. This is where organized crime from other parts of the region migrated their operations in, invested, built big drug labs, because they can operate with relative impunity and then ship from there. So this drop in plant-based, massive rise in synthetics. What type of new response does, does this require? Well, it really requires that governments cooperate at various levels. So when you're in a place like this, you're thinking about frontline cooperation, so looking at the borders themselves, how can the countries collaborate across those borders quickly, seamlessly, sharing information, doing joint operations. 
to do a few things. One is to stop the chemicals that are going in. So massive volumes, thousands of tons of chemicals have to move into that space every year to produce the drugs. And then of course, hundreds of tons of drugs are coming out the other way. So basically have to have collaboration on both sides, two-way trade, addressing it, going in and out. At the same time, you also have to look at the broader picture. So that's at the front line. At the broader angle, you have to deal with the chemical industries in this region and the kind of basically the, where the chemicals are coming from. You also have to deal with the business of organized crime, so the money laundering and all those nasty elements that go along with, with the drug trade. It's difficult to calculate with any certainty the quantity of synthetic drugs being manufactured in Myanmar, but some estimates suggest many hundreds of tonnes are being trafficked out of the country. Seizures of methamphetamine alone reached 172 tonnes in 2021, nearly triple the amount from just five years previously. A report by UNODC in June 2023 revealed that high volumes of methamphetamine continue to be produced and trafficked in and from the region. Meanwhile, the production of other synthetic drugs, including ketamine, has expanded. That drug is an anaesthetic which is illegally abused. The production of the more traditional narcotics like opium and heroin the plant-based drugs that Jeremy Douglas mentions, depends on and is restricted by the natural growing cycle of the poppy. Synthetic drugs, however, don't have that limitation, so can be produced to greater scale according to demand and the availability of the required chemicals. Despite the seemingly relentless flow of drugs, the Thai and Lao crime-fighting authorities are experiencing some success, thanks in part to the support of UNODC. The agency is promoting a regional intelligence gathering and information sharing network known as Border Liaison Offices, or BLOs. That meeting of Thai and Lao officers on Friendship Bridge and the Joint River Patrols are just two of many examples of cooperation and coordination in action. There's now a network of over 120 BLOs, which stretches across Southeast Asia, from Myanmar in the west to China in the east and Indonesia to the south. It also includes Cambodia and Vietnam, as well as Thailand and Laos, as we've heard. BLOs address many different cross-border issues, including drug and precursor chemical trafficking, the smuggling of migrants and the trafficking in persons. They can also play a key role in identifying wildlife and forestry crimes and in some locations the movement of terrorist fighters. Public health and pandemic-related issues such as COVID-19 also fall under their remit. UNODC's Jeremy Douglas says cooperation of this type is fundamental to fighting not just the drug trade but all types of crimes. This is a shared responsibility. Transnational criminality requires states to collaborate together and they need to do so at various points in their relationship. But really fundamentally, you have to react fast and quickly to what's happening where you are, where the business is taking place, and that is right at the borders. So that means they play a crucial role in that kind of coordination and collaboration. And how effective are they? They're very effective. So what we've seen even today in conversations with our Thai colleagues, you know, they were telling us about 
cases where they're stopping drugs coming in, the chemicals going through the other way, weapons trafficking. They highlighted several cases of weapons trafficking to us, which is really important, stopping the traffic of small arms. Human trafficking cases they've been dealing with this year, migrant smuggling cases, uh, timber trafficking. So a whole range of crime types that are taking place right in this region are dealt with by those border liaison offices. And what are the key lessons that you've learned since these BLOs were established? Well, they need to be supported to evolve and, and adapt to the crime environment. So the crime environment around them doesn't stay static. So we have to support them to understand the latest trends, the latest information. What we've also learned is that we need to support them politically. It is difficult for states to collaborate on these types of non-traditional security issues. These are often viewed as sensitive or challenging for states to be candid to each other about. So that's where the UN can step in and play a special role to help them to, we can facilitate dialogue between states. So we really support that at that, right at the front line. My team goes out and mentors with them and sits down together with the two states, says to them, hey, let's talk about what we're witnessing together and uh, what can we do to help? How can we help you to share information, intelligence and so forth, have common understanding? governments that often don't talk to each other about issues are talking to, you about, talking to each other about these issues. They're coming together. That's a success. That's what the UN's about. They're doing that and we know that it works. Transnational criminal networks continue to adapt their approach to avoid being caught as they increase the volume of drugs they traffic. In such a complex and problematic environment, law enforcement agencies need new skills to deal with fresh challenges. As part of its BLO support, UNODC has developed training partnerships with agencies across Southeast Asia. I'm on Highway 1, the main artery from the Thai capital Bangkok to the north of the country. In front of me is the Kyo Tap Yang checkpoint, which is about 40 kilometres, or 25 miles south of the Thai-Myanmar border. I'm watching as vehicles slow down at the checkpoint, which is staffed by two police officers. There's a truck with a brightly coloured blue cab, adorned with around 20 chrome rearview mirrors on each side of the windscreen. A battered old green, yellow and white minibus travelling south to the regional capital carries a handful of tired-looking passengers. An officer is currently checking identification documents. Pickup trucks and numerous private cars slow down. A sign in Thai, English, Chinese and Burmese compels the drivers to wind down their window. A small goods van is pulled aside to an inspection area off the road and the driver is asked to open the cargo area at the back of the vehicle. An officer from the canine search unit steps into the open truck bed with his dog, but no contraband goods are found. A group of young trainees looks on. One of them will conduct the next stop and search. They're being trained by Police Lieutenant Colonel Amarant Watankozit. The training is supported by the Thai Office of the Narcotics Control Board, or ONCB, as well as the UN. We try to stop the trafficking from um, Myanmar to Thai uh, country. The training that we do 
we get the support from ONCB and we get the support from UNODC as well because uh, we badly need to have the high standard of the checkpoint operation. We gain more knowledge about how to do the drug interdiction at the checkpoint and then the police without high technology just bare hand with the knowledge they can uh, stop the car. They uh, notice the uh, behavior of the driver and then they are quite sure that the suspected driver may have drugs in the car and search for the space in the car, search for the, the drugs, and then they can get a seizure with confidence. Then they got the, the big lot of the, the amphetamine and then we gain more seizures when we uh, finish the training for the new police trainees. The most lucrative markets for the drugs being trafficked out of this area are in the richer countries in the region. The street drugs people are purchasing in Tokyo, Sydney or Auckland most likely were trafficked through the Golden Triangle. However, drug addiction in Thailand itself is a growing concern. Preventing young people from accessing drugs is a major motivation for Lieutenant Colonel Amarant Watankosit. For me, I think drugs is very dangerous. Drugs is the, the, the thing that they can destroy the young people. We, we have less working people, but if working people or young people get addicted to drugs, we have no quality for the, the working people to develop the countries, to do the good thing for society in the future. I tell my, my son, he's um, 18 years old and he's in the university students. I tell him the bad thing about taking drugs. My job is try to stop drugs. So you can tell your friends about why drugs is so, so bad and what's going to happen if they uh, get arrested. They have no future. It's very important to give more knowledge for their friends and try to stay away from drugs. So this is my inspiration and I think I enjoy it. It's my passion. It's not a hard work for me if uh, I still have uh, my trainees, I still have the good support from ONCB and UNODC. That's my strength. This checkpoint is just one small part of the regional anti-trafficking effort, which now, thanks to the support of UNODC, reaches across national borders to every corner of Southeast Asia. The mutual enemy remains organised crime, which, like everywhere, continues to exploit political instability and corruption, especially in places like Myanmar, according to UNODC's Jeremy Douglas. Organised crime groups, the big trafficking organisations that dominate Asia-Pacific and, in fact, play global role in the chemical trade or the drug trade, they look for safe havens. They look for the conditions that are good for them to do business. So they look to a place like the Golden Triangle as good business conditions. Uh, they look for the chaos, the lack of governance, the, the porous borders. That's what they need to do their business with autonomy, with freedom. Really, we see international organized crime looking to a place like this as the place within which they can center their production, from which they can cascade their illicit drug product, methamphetamine, ketamine, other things, across Asia Pacific. So really. It's an organized crime haven and it's a governance issue that we see converging there. 
The collaboration of governments with the support of UNODC is helping to stem the flow of drugs, even if it's widely accepted that seizures represent only a small percentage of the drugs ending up on the street. The damage caused by drug addiction to individuals, families and wider societies is well documented. As long as organised criminal networks continue to flood global markets with powerful narcotics, people will continue to suffer the ravages of addiction. But that won't stop law enforcement agencies across Southeast Asia from their goal of working together in their joint endeavour of defeating the traffickers. This is Daniel Dickinson reporting from northern Thailand for UN News' The Lid Is On podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you want to hear more stories from around the world about the UN, go to our website at news.un.org and click on our audio hub.